Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and we're here to talk about business. We've got Quint from QT3 in Aurora, Illinois. What's up, Quint? How are you today? I am good. I am good. Awesome. Glad to have you here. Appreciate it. All right. Let's jump right in. So what is it that made you want to open your own facility? Uh, good question. I think I here's the, here's the truth about that. I, I honestly didn't know that I was going to get into fitness on this level. It started back maybe years ago, and I got into this program, and it was more or less to, to supplements. I was selling supplements and didn't really sell supplements. I had bought them, invested in them, and I had just had them in my house for like a long time. And it was so uninspiring. And after a long day, I would come home and all of those supplements would just be boxes and then it was just stuff piled on top of them. So it didn't make me want to actually do anything. And so I said I wanted to get an office space. If I bought an office space, at that point, I felt like I would be more inclined to like get rid of these products. And just so happened, you know, I had worked at a facility uh, back eight, nine years ago and never trained there, but I did every job in that place because I wanted to learn the business side of training, but I didn't actually know what I was going to do with that information at the time and was just kind of deciding which business I wanted to go into. Don't laugh at this, but first one I wanted to... Uh, restaurant and sell chicken right kind of really offsetting the two there but yeah so that's how it kind of started and then I bought this space and to sell my products and then just so happened the space was big enough to like train three people in it Mm -hmm. so I had clients that I would train there and then that thing just kind of snowballed three turned into 30 and then 30 turned in and then I have no space and then my journey just sort of began from there it wasn't That's anything awesome. that I set out to say, okay, I'm going to go into fitness. I'm going to be a trainer and like that. It, it wasn't right. that. It just kind of fell in your lap. That's just yes. how it ended up. Kind of okay. Crazy. So you said you were selling supplements at first. So yes. how were the margins on those? Usually it's pretty tough as far as supplements go. I know nothing about that, that, that of work. I had um, a buddy of mine was doing it. He was like, hey, you can make some extra money and, you know, this, and it kind of went, yeah. that's the yeah. direction it kind of took off. And gotcha. the margins weren't that great, obviously. Yeah. And, I, and I think <laughs> at the end of the day, I probably lost money on that, on that picture, but it, it in turn led me to this place where I'm at. So I guess it was a win-win. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it led you here. So that's good. Um, so As far as your business model within your facility, how are you structuring things? Are you doing group classes, one-on-ones, semi-privates? How does that work? We have, yeah, we do group classes and we just actually started doing group classes maybe, you know, maybe a year ago, give or take. And before that, it was just like one-on-one personal training. And mind you, when I went into this business, I knew nothing about the business. I just know that I like to work out and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I want to help other people work out. And it was fun, like owning a business, like being able to come into your own facility, 
whatever you want, open the key, like you had to keep, like it was just, that part was fun. And then yeah. maybe, you know, maybe six months down the line, uh, the business side kicked in. And it was, it was, it was horrible because I really hadn't like thought about that aspect of it. And so after that, after about a year and then the business side kicked in, I knew nothing. And it really wasn't right. fun anymore. It really wasn't fun anymore. So I had to go back to the drawing board and, and understand what running a business was all about, which ultimately, while at first fitness was my number one reason why, but when I learned the business side of it, like that became my priority. Like I was obsessed with understanding, being able to be crafty and figuring out solutions, be re reinvent yourself and recreate new systems and programs. And that side of it, I fell in love with more so than actually fitness side. Mm -hmm. It took another tailspin, but that's business. <laughs> yeah so it's the passion for actual fitness that got you started but then you know like uh, we were talking a little bit before we got onto the podcast itself about how a lot of times when people open gyms they don't necessarily know so much about the business side of things you know and it is the passion that gets you started but then you do realize like business. oh shit this is a business that I have yeah, to run absolutely. um and it kind of slaps you in the face eventually. Like you said, about six months, you realized, oh, I really have to pay attention to you know the numbers and how much money we're taking in and what's going out. And Absolutely. yeah, it can be a lot when you uh, don't really realize it right off of the bat. So yeah, I think a lot of times, even with myself, it was just like I said, we was doing one on one trainings and you know, kind of back to your question, we just started doing group classes. So that's kind of exciting. Mm -hmm. 5 a.m., 6 a.m., and then we do classes at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m., which we just up those classes because we started getting packed. So we're, that's a good sign. Uh, but we also do personal. And I'm going to say we, but it's usually me. I'm the only trainer every week. And that's another story, but personal <laughs> training. And then we also, I created a weight loss program, too, that we do that's and so those are the those are the services that we have at the also we have a, a number of services that we that we offer. Okay. Um so you're you're the only trainer currently, you're the only one on the floor actually training. Absolutely. You're funny? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. The Do trainers you have ahead any... of the trainers, but they okay. They don't, they don't always stick around, so you know they come yeah. in and out and out and out. Just major. Yeah, it is. You know, it's super high turnover as yeah. far as employees go, and it's really hard to find people too. So, completely understand that aspect. But That's yeah, and then you end up, you know, just taking on everything yourself. You know, doing all the training, uh, but then you're still trying to run the business at the same time. So that can be challenging for sure it's definitely a challenge i think too when you kind of understand your business you realize how to not necessarily become a technician but technicians yeah. are the ones who come and do all the work the opportunity to work on your business as much as you do in it and so mm -hmm. that, that in, in itself was a challenge to balance that and learn how to work more on it 
is in it, even though I'm still trying to train myself. Right. It's experience that teaches you a lot about this disease. Yes, absolutely. So how many clients are you working with currently within your facility as a whole? Uh, we try to, about 50, give or take. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because I'm technically the only one, so those numbers, we have a quota. I try to keep my quota somewhere around that, that way based mm -hmm. on uh, my expenses, you know, and my right. personal growth as well. So yeah. that's where we, we run those numbers around somewhere around the middle. Yeah. Okay. All right. And as far as getting new people in your door, are you running any paid advertising? I know you said you had a, a weight loss program that you designed. So how are you kind of getting the word out there to get more people in your door? I've been in this same location now for eight years. I will say early on in the beginning, like I would ground and pound like every day, everywhere you went, I was marketing and, you know, branding and pulling people in and word of mouth. And a lot of times, even training people for free just to generate, you know, uh, traction if you want. Because nobody wants mm -hmm. to be a part of a scene, right? And so yeah. we just try to create this this energy. And over the years, and I think it just kind of slowed down. And I will say, you know, fast forwarding to today, it's, it's good to not have to do all of those things. And we were doing a lot of marketing, paid marketing, advertising back then. Now, the phone just moves, right? And it's just... Obviously, word of mouth and experience and then results. You don't get results, yeah, yeah. you don't come. So right. social media, we use we use a lot of social media. Um, you're in this industry, you obviously want to take advantage of that that part of it because it's, it's free for the most part. It's yeah, just managing, sure. managing the, the content and being able to have people check in, you know, tag, word of mm -hmm. mouth, et cetera, et cetera. And so even though my, my facility is a smaller facility, it's more or less like a boutique kind of um, maybe 15, 2,000 square feet, mm -hmm. but we maximize to the, to the fullest. And that's at this point, we do, I don't do a lot of extra marketing these days, which right. I'm probably amping up for next year because yeah. you know, <laughs> the last few years, so we're going to I'm going to be amping that up. So I'm, I'm going to be talking to you. I know you told me some interesting things before this show. So yes. yeah. <laughs> For sure. All right. I love that. So, um, so basically you are word of mouth right now and then organic social media posts, um, yeah. just kind of keeping the content flowing to keep your facility on people's minds, essentially. Absolutely. We've been here, like I said, for like eight, nine years. So kind of like, uh, a staple here so anything mm -hmm. that, and it's been a lot of other gyms that that have come and then have gone and i watched them um a lot of them were that i knew some were but same time it's people want to they have to try their own thing like we could give them information yeah. like i've taken information some i haven't and then it's like well, i want to do it my way right and it's yeah. just <laughs> looking at the numbers and seeing how other people succeed, like key. We have our own concept and we have our own theory and our own thoughts, how we want to do this because it's our money and we want to do it our way. I, I highly, if people are watching this, study the greats, like study longevity. Even if you have mm -hmm. no 
stake in who they are. Like there's something to be had from people who have stuck around in this industry. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have people that have stuck with you for a really long period of time? Like sometimes we have people that stick with us, you know, from the beginning all the way until where we are now. So do you have some of those people that have stuck with you all the way? As, a, as in client-wise? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I have people that's been around primarily since I've opened, obviously. Um, what? And this is the funny thing. They leave, but the experience that they get when they come here, we try to create. And this is how this thing came about. When I worked at this other facility, I said to myself, like I had access to over you know, 3,000 people that entered in and out of that place and I had the ability to be able to communicate with them through the door, like every everybody that came through that door. And I would ask them like, hey, if you had your opportunity to like work in a facility that would motivate you and encourage you and push you to work, like, what would that what would that feel like and what would that look like? So I compiled right, right. all of those theories that they had and built UT3 systems. And so it's funny because the experience that they get uh, and what we offer them, how we're so hands-on with, with them. Mm -hmm. It's something that you're not going to get in your Planet Fitnesses or your Lifetimes or LA Fitness, wherever you go. It's a different kind of experience. Even when they leave, yeah. you know, to say, to answer to your question, they always come back because what they yeah. can't get anywhere else is what we offer them here. So it's, it's amazing to see the turnaround, but yet the people that actually always come back as they can't experience. That's what we hate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And results, and results. We gotta get results. Yeah. Yes, that's a huge one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people, um, you provide something that's different than just going absolutely. to you know, like a regular facility. It's more personalized. People feel like they're a part of something. Mm -hmm. And people look for that. They wanna be a part of something larger than themselves. So providing a community for them to come into and you know feel like they're a part of something and then also getting them the results, that's huge as far as I'm sticking around as well. So that's perfect. So as far as goals go within your facility for the next, let's say six months to a year, what is it that you are really focusing on over the next six months to a year? What are we looking to achieve? I'm selling it. You're what? We're selling, I'm not doing it anymore. Like we're, we're at the end. Really? Oh, that just took a turn, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I think, um, you know, when you go into something, you never know where that journey is gonna take you. Yeah. And honestly, when I, when I started this journey, like we've won, I've won awards and I've won I, I, like a lot of accolades for a lot of different things. And you would think that would be the highlight of why you do what it is that you do. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was never about that. I love the feeling you get when you transform someone's life, right? Yeah. And, and, mm -hmm. and the, the excitement that, that they experience when you do that. And that right, part right. of it is like something I, you know, I wake up every day at 3 a.m. and do what I do every day for the last seven, eight years. And I don't regret any of it. However, mm -hmm. that does not go to say that you don't ultimately evolve into something else. And for me, I think mm -hmm. I've just hit that evolution 
And while it's going to be bittersweet to not do this anymore, I don't know at some point, at some level, maybe a consultant, I don't know. But I just think there's other things on the horizon. So as you alluded to, what does the next six months, a year look like? I don't think that I'm going to be in this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, as you kind of, you grow, you evolve. Like you said, you've been doing it for seven, eight years now. So maybe it's time to move on to the next thing. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it is. And, and that next thing, ultimately, like we're opening, I got a juice bar. I'm, I'm opening juice bar. So my juice bar oh, is cool. the next couple of months. We're close. We're really close. So while I don't know about this aspect of it, but I mean, it's literally next door to my gym too. So it's, that's great. And yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know uh, how that will all tie in, but yeah, that, that is where the next step is taken. And, and okay. that's, that's the business side of it that I didn't understand. Right. You know, right. Right. So yeah, looking forward yes. to that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're in a good place right now, coming off of especially, I mean, coming off of the last year and a half or so that we've had, um, you know, sometimes it is a good idea to, to get out while things are good. <laughs> you there know? is a lot of time to get out. You don't want to get out when it's good, right? Not when it's going bad, but yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think for me too, I don't, I don't know people's reasoning for why they go into business. Obviously you want to make money, right? Let's right. Think about mm -hmm. that. You always want to make money, but I never did anything for reasons to say, okay, I'm on money. It was just a desire and a passion for me personally that I had because I love to do what I do and the freedom. Right. Because it's not always about the money. You have this thing is like topsy turvy all the time. Yeah. It's never really consistent. And so for me, I can't sit on this podium with you and say, I did it for the money because right. it really wasn't. It was just because, one, the freedom, two, mm -hmm. the relationships that you build with people, right. The, right, the journey that it takes you on, and the feeling you get from helping so many people do what it is that you do. And I think for me, ultimately, um, that sacrifice, that, that, that was a sacrifice financially, if you will, whereas mm -hmm. now, I understand a lot more business side of it than personal side of it. And now it's just time to get to money, right? From the, right. Yeah. <laughs> how to benefit from all this hard work. Yeah. That we do. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you've been, you know, killing yourself for the last, you know, seven, eight years. And sometimes the return just isn't there, you know? Right. And I think that sometimes gym owners, it's almost like a, a badge of honor that we wear. Like we're working so hard, we're doing so much, but the money doesn't always show for that. Yeah. And it's like, it comes to a certain point where it's like, okay, you can only give so much before exactly. it starts to be like, all right, you know, yeah. am I gonna see any type of return from this? Yeah. I think that's just kind of a natural thing that happens, so. Absolutely, absolutely. And it doesn't go to say like, we don't make money. Like we make, we obviously been here for years. And mm -hmm. just to get past the first, you know, people say three years, I say the first three minutes <laughs> because yeah. it's like never ending. Like your brain never shuts off. But, but mm -hmm. I, I, I think the freedom 
of it all, the freedom to be creative, freedom to yeah. be innovative and make your own choices and decisions is, is vital. And you always have to recreate the wheel, if you will. And, and you know, mm-hmm. people say you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You think you kind of do in a way because right. that wheel just sometimes doesn't turn for you anymore. And you have to just go yeah. back and, and be creative again. Um, but it, overall, I would, I have no regrets about what it is that I've done. And, and much homage and respect to all those guys still out there who before me. And who knows? I don't know. Maybe somewhere down the line, this maybe that I, I won't be. But uh, right, <laughs> having this platform to network about business one on one, if you will, and talk about where this is going. You know, someone might be listening and be like, "Hey, that might be right." Hey, yeah, <laughs> I have something here. So let's just 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 talk about it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You never really know, especially right now. I think a lot of people are. Um, questioning where the industry is going and it's really hard to predict that right now you know it's changed a lot over the last year and a half or so 30 percent of gyms have closed so um you know a lot of people have transferred to online platforms or just they're providing different services or you know adding adding different services into their facilities to provide other streams of revenue to kind of kind of get things back up to where they were um so yeah i mean it's it's certainly changed and everybody has had to pivot and adapt and it's yes, just, yes, it's yes. been a lot. So yeah, it's been a lot. And but what is funny, like through the whole COVID situation, like I didn't even work maybe, I don't know, four months out of that year. And even the pivot, for most people, and I have, you know, a lot of friends that own gyms too. And mm-hmm. you know, we had our conversations over the eight months being down from, COVID situation. And it's funny when you talk to other gym owners and their goal is to always get more clients, right? That yeah. seems to be the, the objective. Like, how do you, I need to get more clients and make more money? And and my objective was always like, I don't, I don't want more clients. And they're, mm-hmm. the best dance was like, like, how do you not want to run a gym? Like, how do you? And my thing was like, more clients means more time. More time means creating more uh, uh, regimens and out time from your family and away from, like, I don't want to create that situation. So how right. do you still make money and, and not, how do I buy my time back? Because a lot yeah, of time yeah. is spent here, right? And and mm-hmm. if you don't be, if you're not here, you don't you know, you're not making money. So right, you know, that right. was always a challenge for me. It was interesting when you listen to other people and their, their position is, more clients, always more clients, always more clients. That means more work. And yeah. I don't want to work hard. I want to work smart. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that was always a challenge. And, and, and then that's when the, the idea to create classes came in. And that's not a brand mm-hmm. new concept. But for me, right. I, I never did classes, so it was new. For me. Um, mm-hmm. but we did it in a way where we allowed everybody to be able to take advantage of it. Uh, we used MyZone. It's a heart rate system. I don't know if you heard of yep. it or not. Yeah, yeah, and so we 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 implemented that into it, and we created this program, and it's like everybody loves it now. And when they come, and you be surprised, like they won't even work out without their monitors on because they love looking at all the screens, yes, watching <laughs> how they're you know working and the people next to them. 
um, but it holds everybody accountable. Uh, exactly. We offer rewards and a whole lot of incentives. We give away trips and all kinds of wow. crazy stuff. Yeah, and so awesome. that makes people want to come because other than going to Planet Fitness, all of those concepts are the same. You pay mm-hmm. your money fee and you go do whatever you want to do. And we know most right. people do absolutely shit. Nothing. Yeah. Right? And so we, we, try to, we try to change the motto a bit and create a new culture and yeah. give people a reason to do what it is that they, they, they want to do and be rewarded for it. So mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that sometimes something that's overlooked too is, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a thousand clients to make a good amount of money. Absolutely. You can also provide a higher level of service and therefore charge more for your service. So therefore you have a smaller amount of clients. They're good clients. They're the people that you want in your gym. They're getting the results that they're looking for. And then you're still able to make probably the same amount of money, you know, as you would be with a larger amount of clients with that smaller amount. And then you can tend to them more and you can provide a higher level of service to them because you're not overwhelmed by a large number of people. So I agree with that totally. I mean, there's a lot of different concepts that we we use here that that mm-hmm. allows the ability and the flexibility to not be overwhelmed, if you will. Right. Still, mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. make money, uh, and, and I I think you know, with all the young, inspiring owners who want to come into the business and learn, uh, I think. One of the biggest things that I can advise pieces of his advice that I can give them is like all other owners. Not a yes, yes. it's not a competition, right? It's not mm-hmm. a competition between my club and your club, but how do we all coexist? Because there's not a shortage of people who need to work out. Who right. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you get a little I, I get a little flack sometimes from, from other gyms because I'm so open with my concepts, but like I could give you my concept and, and it wouldn't even work for you. It's not, right. it's not your passion, it wasn't your, and you're not gonna work it and grow it as, as, as I would. So right. mm-hmm. it's not always about what I do and what you do and how different the concepts are. How do we how do we coexist in that and still create and still grow together? Because this industry obviously isn't going anywhere. Right? And right. We, I think we just, just a disconnect between a lot of different gyms and everybody's scared of clients going next door and you know but we could go about that all day long but this yeah 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 <laughs> absolutely but like you said like you provide something that's different so you know you don't necessarily have to worry about that and also there is an unlimited amount essentially of people that do need to work out so yeah. you know it's just getting the right people in your door that's it Every client is not your client. That's remember that. Every client is right. not if they're paying you or not. Like you, you yep. just don't mention like it's just the reason why some people come to you all the there's there's something there. There's a reason why and I, I think like in, in that instance, if they're there, they're more inclined to listen to what you're offering and, and how mm-hmm. you are going to pull those results out of them. Right. Because just because there's a gym next door. And they're cheaper, right? Doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the most out of that situation. But you know, this platform is why. This is why we're doing. It. This is why we have these conversations. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
yeah it sometimes it becomes a race to the bottom you know you can only go down so far with your membership prices until you hit zero you know absolutely. but the other way yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the other way is unlimited unlimited <laughs> that's go, right that's right yeah <laughs> You can yeah. go as high as you want, but you yeah, know, yeah, you can yeah. only go so low racing to the bottom. So, so we don't want that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, how can the listeners find you on social media? Social media. Yeah. You can go to actually QT3, QT3 body systems. You can ask Facebook. Um, and we use that one more so than anything. We have uh, Instagram where you can go to uh, Thompson. And just plug that in on Instagram. You can find it. You can go to the website at www.shootresystems.com. Go to the website. We have a lot of good stuff on there too. And you can call us 0692910. All right. Awesome. QT3 in Aurora, Illinois. Thank you so much for joining us today, Quentin. It's My been pleasure. awesome My having pleasure. you on the show. Pleasure. Thank you. All right. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, make sure you keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Scott Brewer, and welcome back to the Gym Lords podcast. We interview real gym owners. Maybe these guys are in the trenches. Maybe they're discovering more about their business and really just building their business knowledge as a whole. Today, we have David Hancock from El Paso, Texas, who is the owner of El Paso Boxing Club. David, say hello to Gym Lord Nation and give us that 30-second elevator pitch about your business and where your business is today. Well, hello, everybody. I'm David Hancock. Like you mentioned, I am the owner and head coach of the El Paso Boxing Club here in El Paso, Texas. We are a classical boxing gym. Uh, we like to pride ourselves as being the only classical boxing gym on the west side of El Paso, which makes us a little unique. Um, our city is divided by the Franklin Mountains, which essentially makes us three different cities, the Northeast, the Far East, and the West Side. So we represent the West Side of El Paso. Um, we are a USA Boxing certified uh, boxing club. All of our fighters are registered with USA Boxing. Uh, we work with an array of, of levels from beginner novice levels to we have a, a small fleet of uh, uh, what they call USA Boxing Open Class Elite Fighters that fight in uh, world-class competition, uh, national competitions. Uh, and we have everybody in between. I, I've got soccer moms. I've got 60-year-old accountants who love the sport, who want to come in and, and just train and learn how to box. And uh, we take, it, take in anyone on that spectrum to try to help them get fit and enjoy and learn the sport. Gotcha. Okay, sweet. And you had went into the location status of your facility as the number one thing. So I'm curious, let's start there. 
what has the significance or the impact been for your business being like the West side uh, presentation of this type of business model and service? Well, being that it's a small operation and actually somewhat of a part-time operation, uh, being being located specifically on the West side uh, created a client base that was, that was easy for us to recruit from. Uh, like I said, being divided by the mountains like that, people on the West side were just so grateful to have a facility there. Uh, so it, uh, it immediately had people in the door uh, right from day one, which made my life easy. It, it cut a lot of cost on, on local advertising and things like that. So mm -hmm. location was, was part of my business plan and looking at it, understanding the city and understanding the demographics. So it's been a huge part to jumpstart us. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's why it's so important to get into, right? Like location, you know, the physical location, not only the area of which you're at, but also, you know, whether you're around surrounding businesses or whether you're on a uh, um, active street to where you can get lots of foot traffic coming through the door. These are all specific characteristics that could or could not benefit a business. And Absolutely. so it sounds like your location is one that is benefiting the business right now that is acting as marketing, um, kind of like a marketing influence for you to have organic success. And so initially when you open the business, that's something that the business felt immediately. Now, I want to focus on where the business currently is. Do you okay. feel like you can still grow and have success in this area or do you feel like there are other marketing ideas and marketing strategies that you can utilize to help grow the business i mean growth growth potential i think is is still in unlimited as far as i can see uh, uh, for me it's been a balance uh, like i said as, as a somewhat part-time business i have to be very careful that i don't grow to the point where i can't handle the business so right. i'm kind of in a in a balancing act uh with that so I, i'm i'm kind of monitoring the pace that i grow uh now with that said what what's been a good strategy for me that i've, I've done here in the first year and a half of business is i've tried to kind of Kind of present ourselves more as a as a kind of a I guess you I guess the best word would be a boutique type of, of boxing gym. Sure. So my my fees might be a little higher than other places on other parts of the town, but what we offer is a lot of one on one attention, uh, direct instruction, and so I'm getting a little more value, getting more more income from each client. Uh, without growing to the point where I need a facility that houses 200 members, let's say. Uh, and so that's that's been a good way that I've been able to balance uh, my work life. Uh, it, obviously, I work a second career and, and do this as well. So that's that's been a way to, to, to make a profit, provide a good quality service uh, and still not grow to the point where I can't handle things. Why do you feel like you are currently very cognitive and self-conscious about maintaining that stability for the business as the business oh, and when i when you say that i'm assuming that you're talking about directly for growth and clientele as we yeah. grow in the clientele numbers there's a way that we can stop delivering our results and stop delivering our product at the high quality that we're currently delivering them 
So why do you feel like this is something that is critical for you? Well, because I really, uh, you know, I think what the, the people that come in, they really want to, they really want to learn boxing specifics. Uh, you know, in my experience in this business, you know, a lot of boxing gyms, they have equipment in there. People come in, they start punching the bag. They, you know, they start kind of, you know, shadow boxing, doing things like that, maybe even lifting some weights, doing some, you know, some, some, some basic, uh, you know, plyometric or calisthenic exercises, but they don't really get any real instruction. Right. So in order to do that, I have to monitor kind of the, the, uh, the client load to make sure that I'm still providing that. Also, my facility... Uh, based with, you know, I had a I had a small beginning budget and a small operating budget, something that I could I could handle. So my facility roughly is about fourteen hundred square feet, and I can safely instruct, you know, maybe twenty eight people at a time. So like if I, you know, even if I were to, you know, some people might think, well, you want to open a business, you want to have hundreds of people walking through the door. If that were to happen, it would actually uh, my, my, my business would implode on itself because I can't provide that service. Uh, the only two people providing the, the instruction are myself and my wife. Okay, gotcha. And uh, my, my son, who is a college student and a Division I football player, you know, pops in, you know, at times when he can. Uh, but really, the, the operation is run by the two of us. So we, we, we definitely have to monitor how many people come in to make sure we can provide the quality that we want to provide. Sure. So do you feel like that's one of the reasons why you feel like the sustainability might not be there if you do grow rapidly in the clientele where you don't have enough help to support that? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so, you know, we kind of have a, a four-year plan is the way we started. So, you okay. know, my, my next step would be uh, where we're leasing the, the property, I've already talked to our, our landlord and kind of figured in the budget. And we're hoping by April to expand into the unit next to us, which would double us from 1,400, you know, to almost, uh, you know, 30, I believe it's like 3,600 square feet. Uh, now, at that point, we would probably double down on our effort to, to do more local marketing, maybe even on the radio and things like that, uh, and try to generate more, more foot traffic to to uh, to expand but as of right now you know we have we we like i said because uh, i think you described it perfectly it was organic uh natural marketing just being on the side of town that we were in people walked in because they were desperate for it uh we've created a small client base a loyal client base we're providing a high quality service so my focus right now is to make sure that we continue doing that to keep to retain those customers, retain our reputation as being great with uh, with individual attention and instruction, and then grow from there when we're ready. And so, if you have group classes, and then you also have the one-on-one -on -one training that you're doing, and then you also have open gym as your services, right? And the group classes, you're saying you'll go up to near thirty people per class, but we anything beyond that is not really manageable for you. Correct. Yeah, okay. I would, I'd say that's about right, about 30, 30 cap. We, we don't quite get there. I think the biggest our classes are getting because we do have two of them every evening, Monday through Thursday. So 22 is about as big as we have gotten in each class, which has been fantastic. So. And you said that you're doing two classes 
per day, which occur in the evenings, and that's Monday through Friday, or Monday through Mo Thursday? Monday through Thursday, right? Uh, that's correct. That's, we run a six o'clock, and then we run a 7.15 uh, group class Monday through Thursday. Uh, my wife runs an open gym in the morning from six to 10, and then we have open gym hours in the afternoon from four to six before those classes start. And, um, you know, the way that works is I, I've, I've been able to, what I suggest is when people walk in, if they are a complete beginner to boxing, I highly recommend that they come to the classes because the open gym isn't gonna do a lot of good for them. They can obviously get a workout, they can build up a sweat and kind of enjoy the place. But if, if boxing specifically is what you're looking to do, you need some instruction before you go to the open gym. But so that, that's kind of how we're operating there. Uh, typically, the people that come to the open gym are people that have at least maybe a couple of weeks under their belt with some instruction before they're kind of free to understand how the process works. But uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. That two, two classes, Monday through Thursday, we do sparring on Saturday morning from 10 to 1. Sweet. Okay, so... I think that what you just described there is what you are referring to when it comes to generating higher valued clients for a business, right? Who are ultimately paying more dollars to get into the additional services that we provide. So how that would look is, you know, during the open gym time, what you're doing is you're making your recommendations to these individuals by approaching them face to face is what it sounds like. And we can get into more of the details after this. I just want to lay a foundation here where you are now selling them into an additional service, whether that looks like the group training or the one-on-one -on -one training for you. So with that said, can you describe to us what that sales process looks like? If there is a process, if there is a system behind it, or if you're just more, you know, natural and organic through your handshakes and your approaches based on what you see. Yeah, I, I wouldn't consider myself a tactical salesperson. I, I think, again, it's kind of more natural and organic. Uh, you know, my background is, of course, I'm a psychologist by trade. So okay. I feel like I can approach people and build rapport. So I've kind of trusted those instincts to, to be my quote unquote sales technique. People kind of, they, they become comfortable, comfortable with me. They see that we know what we're doing and that we value them. And so they tend to value us back and it kind of just naturally occurs uh, where we move into other type of, uh, of services. Um, so yeah, I guess that answers your question. I don't have a particular sales approach. I don't have any training in, 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 in marketing or sales per se. So it's not like I go up and try to close someone, uh, but it, it has been just good relationship building. You know, I'm, I'm 50 years old and, you know, I try to, uh, you know, I'm, I guess I'm kind of old school in my approach. I tend to do things by handshake and I kind of have faith that if you provide a good enough service, people will stay and want to pay money. And yeah, I don't know if that's naive or not, but uh, that, that's kind of the way I do it. I'm very transparent. You know, our website has all of our costs right on the homepage. And I actually have had a few people come to me and say that that's the reason they chose our gym over another gym and actually drove from another part of town to come see us because we disclose that right on the, right on the front page. And so I, it's real simple. It's something that I can manage. I don't have to make a lot of decisions and juggle a lot of uh, mental gymnastics to try to get clients. You know, I've just made it real simple, real transparent. This is what we offer. This is who I am. Uh, I hope you love us. I hope you stay. Yeah. 
So do you feel like you, your business, right? The, the idea behind it is because we need to remain sustainable and deliver the high quality product and the results that we provide our clientele has kind of made you focus in an area where, well, generating a more high valued client is probably what's most important for the business right now, right? And then when we get more space and so forth, we can start thinking about horizontal growth for the business. So do you feel like the fact that you have this natural organic way for people to just come to you to opt in to the additional services that you provide, do you think that you're missing out on some opportunities to grow the revenue, to grow a more high value client, maybe getting more clients or even more of the market share? Yeah, I do. I, I do feel exactly that way. And uh, yeah, sometimes I do feel like we we are not tapping into everything. But again, it kind of has come back to my struggle with uh, trying to manage two careers and not outgrow myself. Right. But yes. And so what that has led to is, I mean, you know, some future planning. Like I said, we do have a four year outlook that we're looking to do exactly what you said, maybe come a little more commercialized. Uh, I'd like to train a couple of more uh, individuals that, that, that I feel confident in that could coach and kind of help take some of that load off of me. But yes, I think yeah. we're missing out on uh, numbers. There's more numbers of just pure clients to come in. I think uh, people in the boxing business have, have uh, inquired to me about like uh, uh, kind of indirect sales, like uh, merchandise. Um, mm -hmm. uh, people that associate with a boxing gym want to wear a t-shirt. And mm -hmm. even though I have some real primitive T-shirts printed out, I haven't like tapped into maybe like an apparel uh, mm -hmm. expansion, uh, maybe like, you right. know, on things like water bottles, towels, individualized boxing gloves, hand wraps. And yeah, sometimes at night I lose sleep over that thinking, man, that's money that uh, is right there on the table. If I could just find a way, find some time to, to make some decisions, find a, uh, someone to, to produce this stuff for me, you know, it, it, there's money on the table there. So yeah, I yeah. think we, I think we are missing out to some extent. And I also don't think that this is your fault by any way, shape or form, because this uh, challenge or opportunity to tap into these areas is something I think is very common in a business setting or for uh, gym owners and business owners specifically, right? It's this constant pursuit of finding, okay, how can we become better? What are some of the other things that we can do? And right. so for you, what it what you had glanced over what I try want to refer back to here is it, you don't feel like you have the time to execute on some of the things necessary because you have a second career Correct. right that you're currently focusing on and doing is your plan or goal to eventually transition into this business being full-time yes yes that's why I, I keep referring to the four-year plan yeah I'm going to retire right. from my uh, my current profession in about three years so got it yes and, and that was the, I kind of wanted to get the business up, running, get it somewhat healthy, so that transition would be kind of seamless when that happens. Uh, we, I, I've been in the business, you know, previous to this, uh, on and off for 25 years, yeah. uh, running small boxing gyms, never with the intent, though, to turn a huge profit, really just to make a little extra money and enjoy what I was doing. But this, now we're looking to really expand this into a real uh, continuous growth business over the next few years. Yeah, sweet. And, and so, okay. sounds like you've tackled this timeline of what you want this business progression to look like. 
And it kind of correlates with your current business plans, right? With the, with the current profession that you're in. Now, are you at all nervous or are you at all worried that maybe the business needs to be able to stay afloat throughout that three-year term? So when you are ready to make the transition 100% that the business will still be there? Yeah, I was very nervous about it even starting it. Uh, I, I Like I said, I've, this is a, the, kind of the third manifestation. I call this El Paso Boxing Club 3.0. This is the third time we've nice. gone through this process. We've we moved a couple of times where I, I started the business, sold it, started it again, sold it. <laughs> this is 3.0. Okay. Yeah little nervous uh so what i did was is i you know and and i i kind of tell this to other people especially if you're in the niche fitness market like i yeah. am I'm not, not really a fitness club a boxing club is i started with something that i could manage uh you know i didn't uh, i didn't borrow any money uh to uh, to to start it i had my own capital and so uh i basically put my own money into it and then i kind of made an operating budget that i felt like i could handle with my current income uh, we actually opened in the middle uh, or towards the tail end of, of, of COVID-19 closures here in Texas. So, oh, wow. you know, uh, people were, were kind of texting me, hey, can you come to my house? Can you train me? And I said, you know what, there's still even in this type of environment, there was, I could see that there was a client base. I was planning on doing it anyway. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. Uh, I was so I said, I kept it very small because I was nervous. Now the problem I've kind of run into is I, kind of success has been kind of a problem. I didn't expect it to generate so much interest so fast. And I think, again, it was because of the location and the hunger for it. Mm -hmm. And so now my biggest fear, the thing I lose, lose sleep about most is either you know not being able to handle the clients well and falling in on my own success. So mm. uh, I, I, that's why I've been really, really cognizant about providing high value service uh, to each individual that comes in and being very careful how hard I push for new clients. And what, what are some things that you believe you need in order to create that fulfillment? Well, right now we're pretty successful at it. I mean, um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is going to be space. And, uh, when, you know, so I think if, if you're asking me what's making me most nervous about the immediate future, it's moving into that next space, which is going to kind of double my cost. So then I'm stepping out of that comfort zone of being able to cover the expenses of my business under the worst case scenario uh, with my current income level to where I'm really relying on the business to fund itself. So that's sure. like the next big step for us is, is moving into that next location, which is planned for around April. Uh, and so, uh, I mean, the numbers crunch up, the interest right now uh, looks looks good. Uh, the traffic on my internet looks good. Like I said, the numbers look good, but you don't know, you know, you don't know what, what the future holds. So uh, I would say to answer your question, space is the first thing we need in order to maintain what we're doing at a high level and allow for some growth. And with that comes the challenge of increased expenses. And so uh, I, that's probably uh, where I'm at right now. That's my biggest anxiety going forward in the immediate future. Gotcha. And we really appreciate you talking about these things because there are things that each business owner juggles and you know they do lose sleep over it. Um, 
And I think that it's incredibly important to discuss what success might look like in these areas. And, and what I was kind of asking you about is what are some, some things that you need to create fulfillment? And it's, it does sound like you are happy in that area right now. But one of those examples could mean like what we were discussing earlier, where we are generating as much revenue for the business as we can. So the business is able to take on additional expenses like we know are going to come for the future. Exactly. You know, money kind of solves all problems in these areas. And at the end of the day, we don't have to be money hungry businessmen or business people in order to want to generate money for the business. So we can either utilize it as capital investment to invest back into the business as right. we expand, because then what, what the result is impacting more people's lives. So at the end of the day, money is just a tool. So if, if I can just kind of refer back to, Hey, generating more high value client. Hey, how's that currently working for you? It's, it's working naturally. It's working organically. These people are just coming to us. We are leaving a little bit of revenue on the table. What to, what to you could you utilize or have for the business to where maybe you are maximizing your revenues right now. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, like I said, if obviously, you know, the uh, uh, bigger uh, individual clients, the one-on-one -on -one clients, are, are a big, uh, a great way to bring in money uh, in chunks. Uh, sure. And uh, again, time has been the the real factor with that. Not not interest. The interest is there. It's been able to find the time and the schedule to fit those people in and to make sure that we do it well so we don't get a handful of people and they said, hey, they start spreading the rumor, hey, this this is not worth the money. Don't go here. Don't do this. So, uh, you know, that would be the the easiest and, and natural step would, would be to take on more individual clients. And that's probably something we, well, we've already begun, begun doing that. But again, back to the, the issue with space, I'd feel more comfortable taking on more clients if I had more space. Uh, for example, you know, running a group class, my wife is plenty capable and experienced as a, as a boxing professional to handle the group classes, say in the evening with more space where I could also handle simultaneously in, in another part of the facility with more space to handle more individual clients. So... Uh, that that's going to be a big way to generate uh, income in chunks uh, very efficiently. And, and again, I go back to what I said earlier. I think that the interest for for uh, products and, and apparel and equipment, equipment sales here in El Paso, we don't have a boxing specific store. So in, or, in, in order to get good quality equipment, people have to order it off the Internet. They're waiting a week for it to get there, three or four days to get there. I get asked every day, hey, do you sell this? Do you sell that? And, and, and that always, you know, I get butterflies in my stomach when I get asked that because, again, that's money on the table. And I feel like, A, I feel like I'm failing my clients by not having it. And B, I feel like I'm failing myself as a business owner because I'm leaving money on the table. So. Uh, I like I, I I I don't know if that answers your your question exactly the way you were asking it, but I mean I, I feel like there's money there, and and we do need to get to it. And like you said, money would solve a lot of problems. But I think uh, initially uh, going to individual clients would, would be a, a quick source of, of of income, and then moving into the product sales. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this is not having to answer my questions the specific way that I need them answered. I just, I, I like to ask these critical questions to 
create this buzz, create this conversation, create these ideas that are free flowing. And, and it does sound like that's something that could be extremely advantageous for the business to, you know, develop the sales department a little bit, develop what we are selling within the facility, because there are markets that aren't tapped into that aren't utilized in your specific area. And so as an activated entrepreneur, business owner, like you are, you know, these are critical things to look into for the business and for the business to be successful. And so are you saying that in order for you to expand, like why you have an April date is because you anticipate and project for the money for the investment to be there? Or is that just a timing thing regarding the space availability? No, no, no. It's been available the entire time. You, you described it exactly. We, we planned it as far as income. We've hit all of the numbers that I wanted to hit at, at pretty much every uh, benchmark point in our first year and a half. So we've been growing uh, pretty much to plan, uh, a little bit ahead of plan. And I just wanted to make sure that... Excuse me, that we had the funds before we expanded, which we do. And um, but like I said, it's just you know the anxiety is still there about taking that next step because that does move us to where the business becomes completely sustainable on its own. The business is generating revenue. That revenue is going back into the business, uh, where if anything happens at that point, you, you know, with a say, a, you know, another COVID nineteen shutdown or things like that, all of a sudden that business has to survive on its own. It has to provide its own life right. jacket. I'm no longer there to, to support it. So, uh, yeah, but yes, it was, it was a, it was a money, money based decision, a money, uh, based projection. Yes. Sure. And so do you feel like if you were able to multiply that amount of money that you're projecting, right. In a more expedited fashion, would that then ex- expedite the expansion? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, I'm not dreaming big enough, but, uh, you know, a 3,400 square foot boxing facility is about as big as I would have ever imagined, uh, mm-hmm. you know, myself running. So yeah. as far as just sheer space, that's kind of my uh, uh, ideal situation. So we're moving into space now, as far as client load, uh, maybe expanding the, the class structure to more classes during the day, you know, uh, maybe opening like legitimate, like legitimate business hours, like all day, say from five in the morning to 10 o'clock at night, you know, yeah. those types of things is, would be where we would grow, uh, grow as a business, not necessarily just space, but uh, right. uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if we can, you know, it, if, um, you know, like you said, if we uh, exponentially started growing as far as interest in clients, I mean, it would definitely expedite the, the growth even further and multiply it. Uh, I, you know, I see the business, you know, uh, boxing is a bit, there's a big market for it here. We, we live in a border town and, um, you know, the uh, El Paso is, is married to uh, the city of, of Juarez, Mexico. Uh, they kind of they they call us the twin cities, and so the uh, the Mexican influence comes over here to us, and so understanding that that element of of running a business here on the border is very very important, and because of that, you understand that boxing is a huge part of that culture. So I know there's a there's interest, and so it's just a matter of you know relating to those people and getting them in. Yeah, absolutely. And so if um... If you were able to expedite the expansion process into new space to what I heard you say was, you know, 
expanding more classes throughout the day, right? Higher frequency, higher volume, more right. personal training that could take place in bigger space, more fulfillment to be had. What right. do you feel like this could do for the business? I mean, honestly, I, I, I think it could, it could change uh, kind of the whole dynamic. I think we could maybe even move to a second location on the West side. Oh, wow. And I've kind of crunched those numbers. You know, we have, you know, uh, you know, you know, I've kind of talked talked this over with my wife and my son who who helped me run the business. And yeah, looking at that, like what you're what you're saying, it, it could grow to the point where we could probably even sustain maybe even a second location, which would change our lives completely, where th this would become full and everything that we do, you know. And I think there's that much interest. I think we could do it. Uh, so yeah, if we were to expedite the growth, multiply the number of people coming in the door. Uh, yeah, we could probably run two 3,000 square foot locations here on the west side of El Paso. And, and again, that's part of the reason why I do feel so anxious. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, I feel like I'm not doing enough sometimes at this business right now. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I'm underachieving, so to speak. Well, I'll tell you what, um, you know, I get, I get gym owners on this podcast every single day and a lot of these gym owners don't have a second job that they are juggling. So I think kudos to you is in order and, you know, creating more time for yourself, creating the ability for you to focus on what that growth might be, what certain systems or processes and strategies that could be put into place might do for a business like yours could absolutely change the game. Like you described it. I mean, allowing you to even expand into second locations and, making a greater impact. Ultimately, I think um, you described it extremely well. And, you know, just for Jim Lord Nation, I want to, you know, thank you very much for coming on to the show. It was an absolute pleasure. Where can our listeners it. find you online? www.elpasoboxingclub.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at El Paso Boxing Club as well. How about Facebook or, you know, Google or anything like that? I mean, Google, we got the website, but. Right, right. Got the website. Yeah, we do have a Facebook page uh, at, at, at same thing at El Paso Boxing Club, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and of course, uh, our website. Uh, and like I, like I mentioned before, very transparent. Everything you'd want to know about our gym is right there. Easily accessible. No tricks, no tricks or gimmicks. <laughs> very good thank you very much david and jim lord nation thank you guys once again for tuning in to another episode of the jim lords podcast if you like what david and i had to say please don't forget smash that subscribe button below in order to be notified of our next episode until then guys take care and we will see you next time jim lords out Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. 
Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, two of the owners of CrossFit Full Bore in Harahan, Louisiana, Joette and Carlos. How are you doing today? Great. How about yourself? Doing well. Thanks for having us. I'm excited to have you guys on. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to be here. We're glad you um, you reached out to us. This is We're really excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm excited too. Anytime I can talk to somebody in or near New Orleans, it just, it fires me up to go back and it, it's only been, only been a month since I've been there. But anyway, let's talk about you. Let's talk about um, CrossFit Full Bore and what it is that you do there. Give us the lowdown. All right. So CrossFit Full Bore actually originated in 2013 by Carlos and his brother-in-law, Bert. Um, it was in what's called Metairie, Louisiana. So only 15 minutes away from where we are now. Um, we are a CrossFit facility. We specialize in CrossFit. Um, however, we also do personal training. So we have a group of what we call the golden girls that come in twice a week. They're all 65 plus. Um, they do CrossFit, but they don't know they're doing CrossFit. Um, <laughs> Sounds familiar. Yep. Yes. So, um, like I said, we are true CrossFit. That's our roots. We don't steer away from it. Um, but also do some programming around it so that people aren't as intimidated, we hope, to come into the gym and try it out. Awesome. So pure CrossFit roots, but with the understanding that not everybody's looking to come in and go to the CrossFit games or, you know, have an eight pack, you, you really are trying to making it accessible to people who just want to generally feel better, look better, have their clothes fit a little better, maybe get a better, better report from their doctor too, when they go check in. Right. Totally agree. And then one hour of just alone time where they don't have to think of anything other than moving it's kind of like a little therapy for them. Come yeah. in for an hour, get in, get out, um, leave work behind, you know, and uh, and get a good workout in. Absolutely. Yeah, that you say therapy. And I think that's something that really became big, uh, you know, during the pandemic and um, some some places, some parts of the country and in Canada that that have been shut down on and off for the past year and a half for months and months. So you see people just reaching out like, Hey, my, my mental health is suffering here. And I think that that actually led to some good petitions, you know, some, some different lawmakers letting gyms open up because they saw that it is super important. The community that people get that they don't get anywhere else, the, the release they get the physical, the emotional, you know, you can, you can take out a lot of stuff on a barbell or a dumbbell or kettlebell that isn't really allowed in polite society elsewhere. So um, I'm glad that you guys recognize that. So Let's get just like a little bit of background. You said that that originally Full Bowl was started in 2013. So can you give me a quick history on the evolution of how it came to be and how you are where you are now? Yeah, I uh, so uh, like Joy said earlier, uh, my brother-in-law, Bert and I, we um, 
we opened in 2013, but before that I was at a different gym um, and he lived in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is about an hour away from New Orleans. Uh, and, you know, we just came up with the idea of like, hey, you know, he was moving back um, to New Orleans and uh, we're like, hey, why don't we just try this? Let's give it a shot. Uh, before we opened the doors, I was in year like three of, of doing CrossFit and, and so was he. So we had a pretty good experience. Uh, we know what we wanted to accomplish. Um, so October 2013, we opened the doors. Uh, we started with about 20 members, 25 members. We had three rowers, uh, a small little itty bitty rig, a couple wall balls and uh you know, we didn't, the, the bare minimum, but we made it work. Uh, we eventually grew to about, I don't know, about 70, about 70, 75 members. Um, it wasn't a very big gym, uh, but we had great community. Um, and then eventually, Joette walked through the door and she was a part of uh, another gym in New Orleans, um, coaching there for a few years. Mm -hmm. um, uh, she came in, she was a member at first and, um, you know, she just was great as a member as, as, uh, um, and then she eventually coached for us and, uh, was wonderful. And then we had the opportunity, uh, that was presented to us of opening up another gym, um, basically taking over another gym, uh, where we're at now. Um, and so, we said, hey, why not? Bert and I were like, all right, let's, let's give it a go. And uh, during that time, we asked Joette to come on board with us as a, as a manager of the gym that we're at now in Harahan. Um, and then our head coach was still the head coach at the original gym in uh, Metro, Louisiana. Um, we did that, it was great, uh, but the community aspect of having two gyms, it just got difficult. It wasn't the same as everybody under one roof per se. Um, and then managing time and everything got a little difficult. So uh, about, I don't know, a year and a half after we had both gyms going, we decided to consolidate and then bring Joette on board uh, as a, a owner as well. Um, the best thing we could have done was bring Joette on board. Um, she's, uh, you know, she's a firecracker. She's great. She knows, um, the ins and out of fitness. Um, and it just helped, uh, Bert and I out tremendously because, you know, I have another job. He has another job. Um, and, uh, it, it was just a great thing all in all to consolidate, to bring Joette on board. And, um, what year was that? I'm sorry. I'm so we, we opened 20, here 2017, yep. so somewhere mid 2018 is when I became a partner. Partner, yep. All and right. I, have a whole, I have a Globo Gym background, so I've been in fitness for quite a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so you come along, it's 2018, you're growing the gym, facility, everything is, is rolling along, um, and then, you know, you guys kind of hit your peak about a month before that, that little pandemic thing that some people might've heard about. So that, that gives you, gives you a slap. And then for people who, who aren't really up on that type of stuff, you start recovering for that. And then September of this year for, for those, uh, you know, listening to this, we're in December, 2021, uh, a hurricane hits right. and 
And that, that beats up not only you, but your client base, everybody around you and, and knocks things down a peg again there. So, right. Right. so you got a, you got a one, two punch from mother nature. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the funny thing is our magic number has always been a hundred members, you know, mm -hmm. we're at a hundred members, every, anything after that's basically lanyap, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And we did that right yeah. before the pandemic, we, we hit that, we were above it. We we're like, man, this is great. Pandemic hits. We're like, oh, darn, you know? <laughs> um, and then we're like, all right, we're going to be okay. We, you know, uh, we lost a few members here and there just yeah. um, because, you know, uh, it was, it was just difficult for a few members after the fact. Um, and some people moved. Um, and then, like you said, hurricane hits right after that. Uh, but, you know, it's, funny saying all that because our community has been pretty strong uh you know we still have our, uh we call them our our OGs. O, our ogs that have been with us since 2013 um mm -hmm. you know we still have a bunch of, of those members so uh you know um they've stuck with us uh with with everything that that we've been through right. um they're i mean if it weren't for them which of course we wouldn't be talking to you right now so exactly they're awesome. They are, they are our biggest cheerleaders, mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of, I mean, you said you just got your roll up door, just got fixed. It's feeling like on the road to recovery, building back up again. Um, you know, we talked a little pre-pod, you guys know who you are. You're, you're tried and true CrossFit for everybody, not just competitive. Right. You got three owners who share similar values, similar mindset, wanting to help people. You get a staff above and beyond that of four, four other trainers, right? So you're, you're pretty well staffed up, um, you know, buildings established, reputations established. So really, um, I, I think what we talked about is the only hurdle that you guys have ahead of you right now is just figuring out that marketing client acquisition phase of things in a way that you can own it and, and kind of make it repeatable, right? Right. Mm -hmm. right. Right. So if you don't mind, give me a quick rundown because we always get asked this, uh, what things come to mind and I don't need a whole list, but what things have you found that you've tried and, and what's worked the best for you out of the things you have tried to get new clients in the door? The best thing that we have found was worked for us is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, we run promotions, all, not promotions, but little competitions all the time on bring a friend, you get this, they get this. That's pretty much what's worked the best. Even without that, it's just people want their friends to come work out with them. For mm -hmm. us, that's what we found worked best. Yeah, yeah. We, and, and we've tried radio advertising. We've tried, I mean, you name it, we've tried it. And, uh, you know, even with radio is funny. We, I think we, whatever the package was, it was around about a month and a half, two months. We didn't get a single member off of that from that, um, you know, and it was, it wasn't, it was pretty pricey. Uh, <laughs> we, we laughed today about it, but you know, during the time we're like, man, that's, that's, those are funds that could have gone to something different, right. you know, mm -hmm. it's just funny how, how it works, but, uh, yes, word of mouth, I think, mm -hmm. uh, has been, has been great for us. Uh, that's what's really worth, but there's gotta be something else out there that, <laughs> you know, that works, that's worth for other gyms. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as most gym owners don't want to hear this, 
um, really where all the eyeballs are still and where the return on investment is for a small business, right? Because you're not Coca-Cola, you can't spend $5,000 before someone ever buys a can of Coke because you got them hooked for life, right? right? Mm -hmm. So you need real return on investment. And where that still is, is on social media marketing. You know, Facebook is still profitable. Instagram is still profitable. Um, even though, even though Mark Zuckerberg keeps, he likes to change the rules a lot, likes to, well, <laughs> not him, likes, likes to make it a little more expensive or likes to make it tougher on us. Um, TikTok is up and coming. That's going to be, that's going to be coming down the pipe. It's not there yet, but it's, man, there's a lot of eyeballs on that thing. And, and if you can figure it out, um, there's a goal mine willing to be hit, waiting to be hit there, yeah, it's true. but but uh, yeah, I mean, that thing is, it's this, it's as much of a time suck as Facebook used to be for all of us. And now it's like, right. you know, post and picture of your kids or your vacation. And, but, you know, Facebook and Instagram are still, they still hit, you know, people, we still see, you know, people getting three to one, four to one return on investment. And I mean, I always call it like a broken ATM, you know, you put a hundred bucks in it and it spits $300 and two new clients back at you if you do it right, you know, there's a yeah. lot of strategies there and, and probably more than we can get into on the, in the course of the podcast, but you know, for anybody listening in for you guys, like it's one thing to know how to get in and use Facebook ads manager to set, you know, set and target radiuses and, mm -hmm. and picking your audience and you know who the audience is that you want, but finding the keywords that not only people like, but that Facebook likes finding things they'll approve things they'll send it's more trial and error than, than almost any small business can do unless, unless you just have that unlimited bank account. So um, there really is a code to be cracked there. And, you know, if you get that right combination, good, good video or good picture, the right words to get the people that you want come in. Cause it's not, it's not 2017, 2018, where you could spend a dollar a lead and just right. weed them out when they came through the door, you want people coming in looking for what you have that want, they want a transformation. They want to change themselves and not just, Hey, I want to work out. What do you got? So yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into that, but, um, by all the data that we aggregate and, you know, we, we talk to gym owners on the air, off the air, um, uh, it's still for better, or for worse, it's Facebook and Instagram, you know, they own the eyeballs and if you want them, you, you got to pay to play the game. So right. that's, that's the biggest return on investment right now. So, um, Word of mouth is always going to be good. It's even better if you have systems in place to know the right things to say to people, to know when the best time to ask them is. Like, there's a lot of data-driven stuff that says like when someone's most likely to refer, who they're going to bring, what 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 things work best for them. So, I mean, everybody likes word of mouth and referrals. They already know you, they like you, they trust you, um, and they're crazy. If you're in a CrossFit gym like you guys are, and like I was their friends already know that they're crazy and they're doing wild stuff. So they're right. kind of, for the most part being scared too. So you're like, let's do this. Let's, let's sign up. So I think those are, those are really the two things that you want to get. You know, we were talking, you know, earlier with another gym about something, you know, we call the golden ratio, right? If you can get more people in by referral every month than people that leave for whatever reason, your business just grows forever without right. having to, yeah. you know, that's, that's the ideal world. Um, but that it takes a while to get there and, and not a small percentage of businesses do, but sprinkling a little money into to Mark Zuckerberg's accounts, 
not so bad as long as you're getting more back than you're putting right. in. Right. And, and for most of us, we need it now. We put out 500 bucks. We need to see that money come back in a week, two weeks, you know, before that credit card's due that we're putting it on or, or wherever it is. So that's, that's really still where it is. So um, I want to hit one more topic before we got to let you guys go. Um, and that's, that's really, you know, something where it sounds like what carried you through um, through the pandemic and through the hurricane and all that stuff. And it rings strong with a lot of CrossFit gyms is retention. Is it something that you guys track as far as a metric that you measure or do you do it by feel? I guess more by feel, but if I, I mean, I watch, I watch the numbers and the attendance pretty, mm -hmm. um, pretty regularly. And um, I start seeing, Oh, I haven't seen so-and-so in a while. Let me, let me text them. I text and I call, find out where they're at. And um, usually they come right back. If I haven't seen them in a while, they usually come right back. It's just kind of like, Hey, where you been? You know, you're kind of taking that chance on, Oh, you know what? Yeah. I haven't been in a while. Cancel my membership, but I feel like letting them know we care is more important than if they tell me they're going to quit. Um. And we do a lot of things within the gym itself, events and family dinners on Friday nights mm -hmm. and birthday celebrations and highlighting birthdays every week. Um, so I guess by feel. So by feel as far as measurement, but you're not being passive about it. You're looking, like you said, you're looking at attendance. Right. You're seeing who needs who needs outreach, who needs another touch point, but also being proactive about it by doing these events, by doing recognition, by having those things. It's it's amazing to hear how many people don't put as much effort into keeping people as they do into getting them. Right. And it's so much it's so much easier, really cheaper and more rewarding to keep the people that you already know that you like. Right. It's cool to be able to get people coming in the door, but you never know if you're a good fit on right. either side until they've been with you a little while. You might not know right. them month, month two, month three, whereas the people that are already coming, you can put as much time and effort into, we all know there's those people you see them pull up outside the door and you're like, yes, right. I yeah. can't wait to coach this person. Or I just can't wait to hear about them or their kids or all that. So, um, right. you know, the fact that you guys are, are recognizing that and putting action into it ahead of time is, is definitely, it's an, it's an undervalued quality. So I got two more real quick, uh, rapid fire questions before I let you go. Um, one, um, is if both of you real quickly had one piece of advice that you give to somebody out there listening, that's either in the business or thinking about getting into it, just something, you know, something short and sweet, what would you say? I say, just like we just talked about, your current members are your bread and butter. They're the ones that are going to take care of you, especially ones that have been with you since day one. Yeah. Um, so take the care OGs. of the people, the OGs. Take the OGs. care of the OGs and take care of take care of the ones that are taking care of you. And and know your community. You know, yeah. know your clientele. Like, uh, don't if you feel like uh, you're pretty good at programming and you have an experience with it, do it yourself. You know, don't. Uh, because you know your members more than somebody else who's going to try to program for your gym. Um, keep it simple, um, I think, and, and and just be real. 
be real with all your members, let them know what's going on with you personally. I think, I think you're going to have to have that relationship because it builds a relationship with, with, with your current members. Building um, trust. Building trust. Yeah. And I think we've done a pretty good job of that. I think so. You know, um, our core members, our OGs, are, they're the reason why we're still open. While, our, while we were able to get through the pandemic and, 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 uh, and the hurricane and all that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, if it wasn't for them, we, we probably would have had to close the doors. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So if y'all are listening, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Last question. Um, if we're checking in with you and, you know, five years down the line, optimal, you know, ideal world, where would y'all be? Uh, in Key West right now. <laughs> have, we'd have somebody running the gym for us. As <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I don't mind that. In Key West. No, um, I, I think we'd still be reaching out, taking care of people. Yeah, because I think it's important, uh, especially after this pandemic. You know, I mean, you have to take health seriously. Um, so why not keep doing what we're doing and help people? Yeah. So just That's what it's all about. Keep on doing it, maybe at a bigger scale, maybe more people. Right. Hopefully. right. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully more. We'll be taking care of more people in five years. Perfect. Perfect. All right. That's all that I have for you guys. Before I let you go, just give us the website, your social media handles, and then we'll, we'll cut you free. All right. Instagram, it's at CF Full Bore South, um, CrossFit Full Bore South on Facebook, and then CrossFitFullBore.com. Awesome. I really appreciate having you two here. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank All right. you. Thanks, Thanks for man. having us. Nice meeting you. You too. You too. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.